Culture and Psychology with Tabana. سلام گرم ما به شنوندگان رادیو بامداد من و دو تن از همکارانم دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکسان رادی در خدمتون هستیم our warm hello to our listeners i'm sitting with dr rockers and dr alexan radi today and i hope you have already had a great saturday and um i hope the rest of the sunday will be great also so today we are going to talk about relationship i know dr andradi has a lot of uh, different um, break um, out of this relationship which means different sorts of relationship. And I let Dr. Andrade to start. Yeah, thank you, uh, Dr. Saide Malakovzali. I really appreciate it. I'm glad uh, Daniel uh, Rockers is here with us too. Hey, I'm uh, here. Yeah, I think this is a great topic for all of us to, to discuss. Um, there's so many aspects of relationships that we can talk about. Um, I think probably the first one is, you know, what... What qualifies, uh, let, me, let me phrase it this way, maybe in therapy, so much of what I talk to individuals about are relationships, uh, familial relationships, but a lot about romantic relationships. And it, it's sometimes very telling uh, about the individual, uh, uh, not just their, their partner who they're with. And so uh, whether it's current relationships or past relationships. So one of the questions that, that kind of comes up, uh, sometimes indirectly, sometimes very directly is, you know, what qualifies a therapist to be able to talk about relationships? You know, we, we have some training about it, uh, but then there's also this, this kind of questioning uh, that patients will have. I mean, a lot of times in, you know, in our society, you can look at somebody's finger and determine whether they're married or not. And so sometimes I've had patients talk to me about relationship things and say, oh, well, you know, you're not married. Um, you know, I can see that, you know, or uh, sometimes they'll ask if I'm married, you know, they'll start to explain something. Are you married? You know, and, and so wanting to kind of gauge that. So I guess maybe starting with the question, you know, do you think as therapists, we are qualified to talk about relationships and should our own personal uh, relationship status play into that or does it play into that? I can jump in with that. No. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you, we're getting a bunch of you, you Elaborate a little <laughs> bit there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I felt when I first started out as a therapist, I think I had some real qualms about when I, and I wasn't married. Do I, can I talk about that? Sort of. And I've evolved to a place now where, and I'm not saying this is the right way for everybody. I'm only speaking for myself that I'll tell people, see, you know, I'm not married or I don't have kids. Because a lot of times they'll ask mm. if, sometimes they'll just spontaneously ask, say, my child this or I've got this. And I'll just start off by saying, you know, I don't have it. So that's not my area. I'm not an expert in that area. And I don't really consider myself an expert in that area. So I'll stop that. I'll say, I'm, I'm not a child psychologist. I can give you some ideas on that. I'm not. What I've found is when I approach it in that way, people are a lot more interested to say, as opposed to if I just say, well, I know relationships in the same way. Because the reality is this, I sometimes will back out to this thing of, well, are all Olympic coaches Olympic prize winners? Do they all win the gold medal? No. And I think probably most of them aren't. 
in fact, what has been shown is that expert physical skill, those often are not the best teachers. And part of it is because it's come so naturally to them, they don't have a conscious awareness of what it took to get there. I suspect the same principle to be true in psychology. The things we have to work at, the person who's had to work through a lot of stuff in a relationship, they're probably going to be a lot better, probably be a lot better coach for somebody in relationships than somebody who relationships haven't been any problem. So do I, so the answer is, maybe I answered it wrong at first. Maybe it's yes. Do I think we're qualified if that was the question? Yeah, I think we are very qualified. Yeah, and I was just going to say, um, Dr. Andrade, that um, even if, let's say, you're not married and you're working with a person who has issues in, in their marriage, uh, compared to, for example, me that I'm married, what kind of marriage are we talking about? Uh, what kind of relationship are we talking about? I mean, there are so many details into that that, your, back to your question, may not even qualify me as, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a very broad uh, issue to talk about. So yes, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, the quality of what one has created there, because there are plenty of people who have been married that you wouldn't, you would not be interested in there. Yeah, really. It's it's really interesting because in our culture, we have so many jokes about marriage. And mostly, um, I have to say that uh, men say something about the marriage that is so funny that um, if, if you, if I one day could translate, you may laugh. And, and they are very out loud about you know, things they say about marriage and it's all negative, but it's so funny in a way, you know what I mean? It's like uh, you laugh, but it's part of the culture. They constantly uh, say jokes about this and, um, you know, there's nothing hidden in that, that they always say they're, they're maybe happy and who knows where they are in that relationship, but they always joke around, uh, you know, um, that's something negative about marriage. <laughs> uh, that's a great point. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was uh, something I was wanting to talk about. You know, the the kind of emotional expression of you know uh, that vary by gender. Sometimes you know the stereotypical idea of men versus women in that way. Um, but also too, which I think is so important and obviously related to our show, the idea of kind of cultural or social, even generational kind of expectations of relationships. You know, what are, you know, what is a relationship, you know, it, it defined as in our, in our culture, in our society, in our generation? Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm new to the 40s uh, uh, as far as age-wise. And so, um, you know, I definitely come from, I think, a, a generation and a culture where um, you get married probably a lot younger. Um, you know, I, I know individuals of my racial cultural background who, you know, get married in their early 20s, which is pretty consistent with the um, kind of general, you know, especially my age group, uh, individuals getting married at a pretty young age. Uh, but as we're seeing now, the people are getting married even later and later, they're having kids later and later. Um, and so each culture, I think, has an idea 
of you know, what a relationship is, how that's supposed to maybe, you know, what function that serves. Sometimes it serves a function of, you know, creating a family, you know, having the next generation. Sometimes it's a familial status um, to be connected to another family uh, that can bring up the, the whole family's kind of status in that way. Um, I think in our in the larger culture society, um, uh, we think of it as, you know, being happy uh, and, and finding happiness. Um, I don't have the statistics on arranged marriages, but it's, I know I've heard before, like the, uh, in different cultures with the idea of arranged marriages, them being sometimes more successful uh, as far as uh, lower divorce rates than individuals who get married because they're happy. And so it's like, well, there's something there that you have to kind of weigh. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely side A. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts too, and Daniel as well, on kind of how does culture play into or society play into relationships? I think that the, you brought up this idea of arranged marriage, which is a very interesting phenomenon. For me, when I, I think when I was younger and I first heard about it, I was like, ah, ah, you know, bristle against that. And I don't like that. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And I want to have my own decisions, things like that. As I get older, I begin to realize, I think there's a lot of value in that because when we're younger, it is true. We often don't know ourselves that well. And if we don't know ourselves that well, or we haven't been, what I say, kicked around by life, then it's pretty hard to make some sound decisions. It's hard enough to make sound decisions anyway, but it's even harder if you don't know yourself. And with arranged marriages, to me, it seems that the idea is someone who has observed you from birth and understands your personality can probably gauge pretty well if you're going to click with somebody else or not click with certain people. So I, to me, it seems probably there's some merit in it. Side day, what's what may yeah, not be what you were talking as about. I became older and more experienced. It's very interesting you brought this. I was just thinking the same. You know, it all this time when I was young, I was always thinking, oh, how crazy that you know somebody else tells you who to marry. But as I had the experience, I studied psychology. And I learned how your childhood can affect your adulthood and all those things that you bring into your life. Your parents know the family of the other person. And now when you think about it, you realize that the culture of the family, they know, you know, sometimes um, what was going on in the family and they know they understand the similarities of the culture and the type of you know, lifestyle you had or grew up in what kind of family. And then when you think about it, you, you go, well, there is some merit into it. You know, if they, um, they know the other family and they know that they're very similar, their, um, you know, worldview, they, the way they raised their children was similar to yours. You know what I mean? It's like, now you feel like maybe there is some good points into that. It just comes with experience, I think, because when I was younger, I wasn't thinking that way. And I never understood that because in my generation, pretty much the arranged marriages was less and less, and it has become less and less. Families introduce people to each other, you know, and people meet that way. But still, I feel like that's arranged marriage, you know, because they introduce someone that they know that, you know, you kind of may be a good match. 
But yeah, it's just so much to talk about the positive, um, I feel, now. Are those formal introductions? Like, is it where two families will get together and everybody knows the reason why we're getting together tonight is so that you can meet you? And is it like that with a lot of pressure? Or how does it go? What's the... Yeah, usually, usually they uh, they make it like the other per the, the two people don't know. They try so that it's natural and casual. They get together, they invite the two so they can meet. Uh, so it doesn't have that pressure in either one of those two people. Um, but people are smart and they know why they're getting together, you know, but it's, it's, it's very interesting how people, you know, sometimes meet uh, in in our culture. But I hear that so much has changed because the world has come closer together. Uh, internet, actually meeting people on internet has become, I would say, the dominant, um, you know, way of meeting. So um, I don't know about the younger generation now, but I know in traditional families, it's still that exists. Well, yeah, let's definitely continue to talk about it. I mean, there's so much. Again, this is uh, probably several episodes we'll have to have about relationships because there's so many different ways we can go with this. Um, but yeah, I think some great, great starting points, some great topics. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. Um, Saide, would you like to say some words in Farsi to our listeners? Maybe Dr. Rockers can say something important. <laughs> Very good. That's as much as I've got. I've got to learn some some more. Yeah, both of you. You're beating me. So, I mean, I don't know if that, uh, <laughs> and then you're going to do it in German too. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. What is Shanavandagon, Dr. Rockers? <laughs> What's that? What is Shanavandagon? Uh, that's uh, welcome, dear listeners. Well, Shanavandagon means the listeners. So Radio Bamdad means dear Radio Bamdad listeners. If I say Shinavandigan Aziz Radio Bamdad, that means welcome dear listeners to Radio Bamdad. It doesn't have welcome. It says it just says dear Radio Bamdad listeners. But when when we say salome garmemo, that means our warm hello. And then you say to Shinavandigan Aziz Radio Bamdad. Salome Garmimo. Very good. You you do really well. I think you should learn Farsi. It's, okay, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> do that. <laughs> do that. Right. So I'm trying to shame you, Alex. Uh, it's okay. it's not working. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing very good, really. So thank you guys, and um, I just want to give a break. Uh, I mean, Alex did. Sorry. Uh, so. Um, روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بام داد ما به اتفاق دوتن از همکاران هم دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندراده در خدمتون هستیم امروز ما راجب روابط صحبت میکنیم و اینکه چقدر این مسئله روابط وسیعه و مسئله ازدواج و برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم
Welcome back, Bam Dad Radio listeners. Uh, we're back here with uh, Dr. Saide Malakafzali and Dr. Daniel Rockers, and we're talking about relationships today. We've already started talking about kind of culture and relationships, um, including the idea of uh, arranged marriages and maybe how that's kind of um, kind of changed. Saide, you started to talk about something I was thinking about: the idea of uh, you know with you know dating websites and families maybe meeting people um, and, and you know introducing people. You know, does that mean we should be kind of looking towards that a little bit more? I know some platforms such as like Facebook and um, some other uh, uh, social media platforms allow you to connect through your connections um, with dating online being very common and very prominent now. Um, I guess I wonder too how that plays into us kind of uh, connecting as well as even, you know, what does it mean to kind of open up? I think that's something that I talk with a lot of patients about in therapy, the idea of, you know, emotional uh, vulnerability. Uh, how do we open ourselves up in relationships, especially when we've been kind of hurt before, we've had heartbreak before, um, you know, opening up to a person that we meet uh, in person is, is difficult enough sometimes, but then also meeting somebody through social media there seems to be different kind of steps or, or uh, kind of a process to that. Uh, I'll, I'll out a good friend of mine, I won't say his name, but uh, <clears throat> recently in uh, spending some time with him, uh, uh, one of the nights that I was uh, hanging out with him, he had a, a, a date, uh, an online date, and it was like a basically a FaceTime date. Uh, and it was the first time he'd ever done anything like that. And so he, he was like, yeah, I got a date tonight. I was like, oh, all right. I thought we were going to hang out, but no, that's cool. Like, go ahead and do that. He's like, no, no, no. It's, it's on like FaceTime. I got a date. And so I'm going to like be over here for an hour. And so I was like, oh, okay. And even for me, that was kind of different uh, in that way of like, you know, we think of a date as kind of going somewhere and, you know, awkwardly sitting across from a person and trying to think of something witty. Um, but yeah, it seems like this is like a new kind of, you know, way to kind of approach this. Um, I realize I asked several questions in there, but uh, uh, let me ask uh, for the two of you, as far as, you know, what, is that something you're seeing in your work or with, you know, friends and family, the idea of, uh, you know, social media, dating, and then even how might emotional kind of vulnerability and emotional openness kind of play into that? I've wondered about that very thing. Like how are people dating? Some of my clients, I hear them going out and partying or doing all this stuff and, and it's not online. It's just going <laughs> for it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm questioning the wisdom of such a, a bold move at some point at some level i didn't i really didn't know so that's real interesting to hear that it is there are online dates it totally makes sense i'm always viewing all of this in terms of what's going to happen like 50 100 years in the future when we're doing space travel a lot and i don't know how much people will be connecting face to face with other people but what i do know is there will be a whole lot of uh, video to video type of so i'm just thinking in a lot of ways this is rehearsal for all of that it's re rehearsal and refinement so Day, what do you think it, it just it was so interesting to me when you brought that up all of a sudden i started imagining wow this is so interesting that you start seeing someone pretty much face to face because you're you're seeing someone um you know you know what i mean like face to face i mean um by video, by uh, yeah, uh, FaceTime, and 
it's so interesting. It just opens a lot of things to me that I was just thinking, okay, so you meet someone for the first time and now you're just paying so much attention to just their appearance, you know, more than anything. And you may be judgmental the first, because <laughs> no, seriously. Sure. You That's what you, Alex, she, I think she pointed at you. She did, she did point at me. And so I'm very yeah, judgmental. That's cool yes, side yeah. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I don't see who I am pointing at. <laughs> judgmental. Yeah. So anyways, uh, it was interesting, Alex. It just opened another way of thinking about this. But I know that um, most of the young people I know um, through friends or through uh, communicating in my profession, I know they meet people online. And when they always said, I am meeting someone, I met someone online, I never thought of this. I thought they're communicating first through email or through, I never thought of beginning part could be the video meeting. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. so interesting now. Yeah, especially I think with COVID too, it's one of those things where it's really kind of, I think, push that even more. I was reading an article uh, written by a woman who was saying like, it's kind of been a blessing in disguise in that sense of, you know, uh, as a woman, she was saying, you know, going on these dates and not having to first put herself in that awkward position of physically being in front of somebody who she doesn't know if she has a connection with based just on texting or messaging and things like that. But in a video kind of platform, being able to have so much control over whether that continues or not. And so being able to feel, you know, how comfortable is this from the very beginning versus if you're physically on a date with somebody, you, you know, you say in your mind, I'll just get up and leave if it's that bad, but that's kind of hard to do. It's hard to physically get up. And sometimes it's not that bad. It's just not maybe that good. And so it's like to, to be able to do it in this way, it's like more almost the way my mind thinks of it. It's like more of a screening process in that way. And probably does, um, as, as they say, with a lot of the dating apps, they favor women more than men, um, as far as women being able to kind of respond or not respond or, or initiate sometimes where um, I can recently read a ratio of, you know, how many you know, men respond to women's uh, kind of post, and then how many women respond to men's post. And it's, you know, women are definitely in a position of power when it comes to, to that. And so that dating, the, the mode of dating via video, um, again, I think gives women the opportunity to feel as comfortable as they fit comfortable, safe, um, and also make sure that it's something they're wanting to engage in. I've heard um, different um, positive and negative of online dating. So I had a, a friend at work um, who was a single person, was married, had two children, and she started, um, you know, meeting people online. And she finally gave up and she just said, mm. it's a disaster. You know, mm. she said, mm. I met at least um, five to six people in person after being online first. And she said, it was disaster. I finally gave up. And then she actually got married, but she met someone through friends introducing someone to her. Um, so, and then on the other hand, I heard, um, you know, someone else who was saying that I met the best person I could never meet anywhere but they were such a good match. 
And, um, and then I have a couple of friends who have been married, either the uh, spouse has passed or they got divorced and they go through a lot of ups and downs through this online dating and they haven't found anyone that they really thought it was a good match. So it becomes sometimes frustrating for some people and um, they give up. And then to be very honest with you, among people I know, there were fewer who were happy with online dating than the ones they were unhappy. You know, somehow it didn't work for most people I know. And uh, I, I don't want to kind of put you on the spot, say, but I kind of do uh, in the sense that uh, from what I've heard, you know, you're you're a bit of a matchmaker uh, yourself. And so, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, uh, well, I mean, you've had some discussions, I'll, I'll say that. And so, uh, no, and, and I mean, from what I gather and from what I've heard, it seemed like you were pretty good at it too. So um, I love to do that if I know two good people to introduce to each other. Yeah. So I have to watch for you. <laughs> well, well, that was not my question. My, my question was kind of along the lines of, you know, what, you know, what, uh, you know, what's, what are, you know, how do we determine that? Like, how do we determine in thinking of, you know, online versus in person, you know, what are those qualities that we look for when it comes to ourself, which is, you know, online versus what somebody else might look for us. And so that might be even a good thing for, for listeners to think about, you know, what would others, you know, how would others try to connect us with somebody else versus just us being left to ourself and, and kind of making that decision. I think a lot of times there's a stereotype of men going towards uh, attraction, uh, physical attraction, women going towards like security or stability. Um, I, and I think it's one of those things where, you know, I, I haven't had like an online dating um, kind of uh, call profile, but I've always thought if I did, I would probably want a female friend of mine to write my description for me. Like, what do you see in me that may uh, appeal to others? And so, yeah, I think it's one of those things, you know, what do we look for? What do we see in ourselves and what might others see in us and, and kind of marketing? I don't know if that's the right word, advertising, marketing ourselves, I guess, in the, in the dating uh, kind of uh, world in general. You are asking me to do that, Alex, for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did once and I did really good I said so many good things about you (laughs) and the other person was so interested okay I'm blushing now we got a a, Dan can you jump in and help me a little bit here Uh, well yeah I have to come to Alex's aid here in the sense that I feel like we've just suddenly exposed Alex on air without permission uh oh no, would be, I would be much more comfortable if Alex ahead of time had said, yeah, it's okay to talk about all this yeah. stuff. No, 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 no. It's all in good fun. And, and again, I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, these are, these are the things that people kind of struggle with, you know, with, uh, you know, dating and putting ourselves out there um, both individually as well as even others. Um, I wanted to go back to that idea of kind of emotional vulnerability. It's something I find um, in talking with a lot of individuals is really tough. And especially when it comes to whether it's in person or online, the idea of opening ourselves up in relationships. It's something I find where when people have a bad relationship or things are really challenging, they, they sometimes will pull back and close off. I just wanted to get your guys' idea take on 
even what that term means, emotional vulnerability, um, and, and how do you bring that to people's awareness or how do you kind of try to address that? In my mind, it means that we, ha we all have this deeper self that has likely been wounded a number of times, and it begins from when we're younger, and we develop a protective outer coating for that thing. It's how much can I open up? How safe do I feel? It's hard because like we said earlier, we don't always know ourselves that well when, you're, when we're younger. And so we may run into some people that we feel some sort of an attraction to, and then we try some opening up and they may not be safe people to open up and they take advantage and cut the wound a little more. And then the shell comes out even more. And I think that's the story that happens probably for most people to some greater or lesser extent. And where one goes with that as one gets older, how much can they open? The, the challenge that I see in the whole thing then is if we stay closed and safe, we won't achieve much depth in a relationship or we won't achieve the depth that we could. And depth means great satisfaction and comfort. And But if we open up, we are essentially opening up to potential. That's vulnerability, the potential further. Depth. How do you, how does one gauge cost benefit on that thing? That's my take on it. Side A, what about you? Yeah, I agree with you, Dan, but then also, through those, uh, you know, wounds, through those uh, ups and downs that you go through emotionally, you find a lot about yourself. And I think it's sort of uh, learning processes without really you um, registering for a class. You know what I mean? It's like you learn as you move forward. You go up and then you realize, oh, this is something that brings all those good points in me. So if you are watchful and you are a, a observer, a good observer, you find so many things about yourself that maybe you didn't know in a, in, in a relationship. And then things that bothers you and gives you even takes you deeper into your wounds, then you have to really, you, you really learn about those as well. What you do with it, as a person who is not professional, who is not really maybe mindful or aware, it may be damaging. But if you are a person who really dig into and even want to overcome, it may be a great, you know, teaching moment in your life, you know. Yeah, that's a great point. Definitely. I want to come back. Uh, I want to take a quick break and come back to that because that's where I was thinking could be very important for listeners to know, not just the kind of the importance of the emotional vulnerability and how that could, as you both described, could prevent us from building and growing in a relationship. But given that we maybe been through some things, you know, what's resiliency look like? And how do we start to move forward from there? So perfect. Yeah, let's go ahead and take a quick break and then we'll go ahead and come back. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بام داد من به اتفاق دو تن از همکارانم دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندرادی در خدمتون هستیم امروز و صحبتمون به زبان انگلیسی از ساعت دوازده ظهر تا یک بعد از ظهر روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه است اگه صدای ما را الان به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین تعجب نکنین چون این برنامه این روزها به زبان انگلیسی پخش میشه و ما در مورد روابط و به خصوص روابط رومانتیک و روابط بین زن و مرد و اینکه چجوری الان بیشتر از طریق آنلاین و میدیا 
به صورت مجازی این ارتباطات بیشتر برقرار میشه و ما برمیگردیم صحبتامون رو در این رابطه ادامه میدیم With Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. Uh, Dr. Andrade is running the today's program, so I just uh, let Dr. Andrade continue. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so we're talking about relationships, and I wanted to kind of wrap up uh, with the idea of you know we've been in a relationship, we've been maybe hurt. It didn't maybe uh, last or start or uh, end in the way that we'd hoped, um, and now we're kind of getting to this point where we're maybe wanting another relationship. And I think sometimes that feeling comes before we're sometimes ready to, to have that. And so this is something I see in, in treatment. A lot of uh, individuals kind of saying, I, I want it, but how do I know if I'm ready for it? How do I get to that point where I'm ready for it? And so the idea of, you know, what is emotional, I, I think it starts with, as we've talked before, a lot of times it, it starts with awareness. Uh, the idea of what, you know, what is that emotional awareness of what we've been through in past relationships How do we recognize some of those patterns, those dynamics, and, and how do we become resilient in moving forward in a new relationship and even just opening up and putting ourselves out there, um, whether it be in person or via social media, uh, how do we start to say that we're ready for that? Um, what are some of the things, so my question for the two of you would be, what are some of the things that you maybe encourage people or talk with people about in regards to maybe becoming emotionally aware or emotionally resilient in when they're in that place or there's that growing desire for a relationship, for intimacy, for companionship? I would back it up some to begin with. One of the things that I run into so much with people in therapy is the idea that exploration equals commitment, whether that's in uh, finding a job or undertaking some new endeavor or getting into a relationship. And the point being is I would say, don't think of it so much as I'm going to get into a relationship because if you do that, you're going to really crash most likely or get into something you don't. But instead say, I would like to explore and make sure that you are aware of that as you move forward when you go out on the dating scene and you just say that up front you just say here's where i am i'm just not really sure that i'm there but i'm exploring at this point people respond well to honesty and that's being genuine and honest if you don't know then you say boy i really don't know i'm just taking some initial steps here and just trying to move forward the other thing that i tell people is You know, when you go on a first date, when you go on something like that, your main goal should be, can I have some fun? 
can I enjoy myself here? Can I enjoy it a little bit? Can there be a little bit of humor? You may never see the person again and you don't necessarily have to. It's okay. The, the success versus failure thing is, yeah, did you have fun? Did you enjoy it? Because if you run into somebody you can't enjoy yourself around, that's, there's your indicator right there. Probably not going to make a good long-term spouse. Those are my thoughts. Side A? Yeah, I uh, really like what you said to explore rather than to take it so seriously. I'm going to be in a relationship because you are setting yourself for seriousness of the relationship right there if your mind is there. But I like what you said. And when you said that, I was thinking the best probably is having something fun to do. Let's go for a ride bike, bike ride. Let's go for kayaking. Just go whatever your hobby is. Just start there and start with friendship. Just think about like you're meeting someone that this someone can be your friend. And I always go back to this German saying about the partner that you choose. They, they always say, choose someone that if that person wasn't your opposite sex partner or your, your partner in life is your best friend. And I really think this is important because you can communicate you can have hobbies together that have that, that makes it fun. Um, and you can talk freely without thinking what the other person thinks. Then you it's really you rather than, oh, I may offend this person if I say that. I when you're yourself, good or bad, this is what it is. And usually, usually I know people like that because as you said, honesty is the best attraction. You don't have any question about this person because this person is honest. It's just saying, hey, I'm exploring. I just want to have fun today by going to a picnic, doing something casual that starts with that casualness rather than seriousness. Because when you take someone to dinner or when you are in a that situation, it's just all of a sudden it's different environment, different setting. So I think this setting is so important, you know? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with both of you in that way. And I, I, I think that's something too, I think people can really get ahead of themselves in that process. And a lot of times too, Daniel, as you kind of said, I, I usually will take it back when someone starts to talk about that idea. And, and the way I like to point it out to individuals is, you know, is there something internal that you're needing that you can maybe give yourself versus just thinking that a relationship is going to give you that. I find a lot of times when people are wanting to feel loved and nurtured and supported, they think, oh, a relationship will give me that. And I've even heard people point blank say that, oh, I want to feel loved. So I need to be in a relationship. It's like, well, what about loving yourself? What about nurturing yourself, taking care of yourself? And so I find when we're doing that much more and our focus is that it prepares us for that next step. I kind of jokingly tell people, you know, nobody posts a profile of, 
I'm looking for somebody to feel like a whole person. And if you're not with me, I feel less than. Nobody's going to respond to that. They're going to respond to these are the things I do for myself. These are things I enjoy. And I want to do that and share that with somebody. I want kind of, as you're saying, say, you know, somebody to be a friend with, to, to venture forth and, and explore things uh, versus the idea of, I need you to be a whole person. No, nobody is going to be like, oh yeah, let me, let me sign up for that. Well, maybe some people, I don't know, but <laughs> most people are going to say that sounds like it's going to take versus kind of give. And I think that's something that uh, a lot of times in healthy relationships where that mutual giving and that mutual building uh, that we're, we're striving towards. And so it's definitely something where when people are looking for a relationship and they're ready for that, um, really kind of checking in with themselves where they're at. I, I think sometimes there's a, a tendency to get ahead of ourselves, um, kind of thinking about you know, where we're supposed to be even, you know, again, age-wise, culturally, uh, societally, like, oh, if we're not married, what that means about us. And sometimes people are like, oh, are, you know, you're not married yet, you know, or, you know, oh, you're, you're not in a relationship, you know, or, you know, what's, it's almost like this gesture, what's wrong with you? You know, why, why aren't you doing these things? And so uh, it's definitely can be one of those things where people feel that pressure. How do you, I'm curious how the two of you kind of talk with patients or individuals or even, you know, friends about when people are feeling that pressure, that pressure to be in a relationship, that pressure to be married. Um, how do you two approach that in, in helping people or you know supporting people? Sorry, Dave, you have to go first on this one. Because <laughs> 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 then that way you can go first and I can say, yeah, I agree with what Sade is. Well, well really, Sade knows the answer. I was just, oh. I was including you, you know, oh, necessity there. Really testing it's all a test you yes. guys set up for me I, day, I, she knows the she knows all yes. <laughs> yeah. no, I I go ahead uh, and and go um i i personally say that um, you know you need to find uh, what are your strengths and how you can actually rely on those strengths in your life rather than start thinking of things you don't have, things of things you have. And always think about if you've been in a relationship that you hadn't even found yourself yet, you would have maybe not been successful in that. So just think about that 50% missing if you hadn't even found in yourself what you're looking for. And then if you are thinking about things that you're missing, you know, just to start thinking about those things that you have. Again, let's talk about that. Let's talk about if this missing things is huge in your mind, is it in your mind or is it because of the society? Is it because of your family? Let's talk about that. So let's break it down into you, your family or society. And then we can talk about each one separate. I encourage them to think again in just the very steps. I think it's important also to keep in that I've heard it said a lot that, well, you've got to become okay with yourself before you really are able and I don't really I think that's nice thing to say to say and in an idea that would I think for most of us we are in a relationship and that's how we get to that's where the little mundane realities go up and we begin to go past that whole uh, romanticized version of a happen when we hit those mundane realities of life when things don't go well and we find ourselves irritated how do we handle it 
or when we say something we shouldn't have said or didn't come across the way we wanted to, how do we repair that? How do we work with that? So I think to some extent, yes, we have to work on those things before we get in a relationship, but it doesn't end when we get in a relationship. We still have to work on those things. And that's the way a whole lot of ourselves can come out that probably isn't going to come out if we're just spending our time alone. Probably to sum it up, it would be forewarned is forearmed. In other words, don't go in with a totally romanticized notion. You will be sorely disappointed. I saw a clip that was a Persian guy, young, really young, like in 20s, probably. And he was just going to many girls in the street and said a joke or something about them, started the conversation, and the girls were laughing. And, you know, and it was all videotaped. And they um, probably, uh, that was probably for the show. But it was so interesting. It just got my attention. I thought, wow, what kind of person you, you can be to just really go to all these women, you know what I mean, anywhere you found, and start com- conversing and saying, and especially saying a joke or something to laugh about and open up to them with conversation. Then I thought, how interesting if you have that courage and that in your personality that everywhere you go, regardless of this was obviously a show and he was just preparing this for the show, but it shows that person, what kind of person that person was that could do that. you know what I mean? And, and now going back to what Dan said and what we have been talking about, if you are casual and you don't think seriously and you start opening up to different people. And as Dan also mentioned, and you learn about yourself by, you know, having relationships and having this sort of um, friendship or whatever you name it. So you start really having different relationships, maybe not that serious. Maybe you have a friend that you can talk to and that friend gradually becomes your partner because a lot of times it starts with casual friendship and then you start to know each other so well that you feel like this person makes me so comfortable, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, we got a few minutes left and I, I want to kind of give us all an opportunity to kind of say last uh, kind of thoughts to listeners. Uh, I'll start by saying uh, it's funny uh, for years, uh, she's recently stopped, which is nice, but for years, uh, about once a year, my mom would call me crying, uh, asking, you know, why I haven't been married yet? Why, you know, what am I waiting for? I, she doesn't want me to end up alone. Uh, and like I said, uh, luckily she stopped. And, and my dad has always been kind of the, 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 the counterbalance to that. And his advice has been, which I, I pass along to listeners, has always been like, you're going to, you know, take care of yourself. You're going to find happiness. You know, don't focus on just that idea of you need to get married or you're supposed to do this at a certain time. So everybody's journey is different. Everybody's experience is different. Uh, you'll get there when you get there, especially as the both of you said in that way, if you're not just like looking like, Oh, I need to get married. I need to get married. Uh, he's always like, just have fun, enjoy yourself, find somebody you can share things with. And I think that's something that's really important. Yeah. I would jump in with, it's pretty much echoing what you say. And that is, acceptance of one's current situation and have hope or dreams. Because if we can accept where we are, if it's not where we are, if I'm 
not married and want to get married or something like that. If I can accept where I am and still have my dream, then I can really be myself. But it's the part where if we don't accept where we are, then we're not really being present and a lot of these other psychological dynamics fear. So acceptance of the current situation doesn't mean we give up hope. It's the short way of saying it, which probably sounds fatalistic, but <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to try to repair or fix or paint that with a different color. How about that? Is that okay? There, there you go. Yes. Yes. And I accept good. that I am doing that. Can you good, accept? Good, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> All right. Very good. Side A. Uh, I want to say, don't compare yourself. That's the part that puts you into a situation to compare yourself and say, so-and-so has uh, married and has children and um, this and that. When you start comparing yourself, that's when you start feeling sort of disappointed or thinking you're behind or thinking you should have done that. You should have done this. Just uh, again, um, just be who you are and um, start counting your, your positive things and things you have. Don't think of things you don't have. Just think of, for example, I'm talking about the singles uh, who are listening to us. They're at the age that they feel like whether older or mid-age or wherever they are, you know, they may think they're missing something, but just think about your freedom, think about your health, think about uh, the support you have, bring all these positives into picture. And you don't know what goes on into the life of those who are married, who have children, who have grandchildren, who have whatever. I mean, in reality, nobody comes and opens up to what they're going through. You only see the positives and, and the picture looks really nice. But then maybe there are a lot of people that envy you. They think of your freedom. They think you can go anywhere you want without really having all these chains on your, you know, seriously, these are chains in life that brings you down to a point that you can decide for yourself. You can be free to do things. I'm not saying this is... Well, I thought mine was heavy. I know. I was like, Daniel, she won. <laughs> this is excellent. Thank yes. you for lightening mine up easily. I'm just trying to say where you are is great. Just <laughs> she said marriage and these chains and this yeah, restriction. Weighing you down. <laughs> no, it's, wow. The good marriage and the good relationship is wonderful. Don't take me wrong. I'm just saying I'm giving... I'm really giving a lot of positive to those that they don't. So they don't think this side of the table or that side of the table is this and that. Just be where you are, be happy, and think of those good things that you have. So I said that to give encouragement to those that they feel like they're missing something. Yeah, no, well, yeah, and I think it's probably a good place to stop. And so anyone who's listened to the beginning of this, we've ended in a whole different place, but uh, <laughs> I do want to emphasize the idea again, we are for relationships. Uh, we're not necessarily against them. No, I, I, I thank you both today for, uh, you know, your, your, your advice and feedback. Uh, you know, hopefully this is something helpful. Uh, and so, yeah, thank you. I think, uh, yeah, I want encourage listeners to have a good rest of the weekend and uh, we will be back uh, uh, next weekend for two more exciting topics about culture and psychology 
thank you to the listeners and yeah, have a good rest of the weekend.
داره عشق میچی که از نفس خیسم رو بونم آهای تشنه همه بارون احساسم از آنت عجب دریا دلی هستم تو شوق بی کرانت میاد بارون احساس از عبره تیکه تیکه که سقف نازو که دل دوباره کرده چیکه چیکه